hasn't been enough to actually educate, but, you know, the BCC's done a good job with their Weed Wise campaign, and they're also asking the industry to do some things as well to help educate and destigmatize and help out with that message. You know, if it's not coming from the federal government, the industry has to kind of has a responsibility, we believe, here at Canada State to do it ourselves. And we got some good partners right now, some good brands that we test with that we're going to be doing some education with, and we're very happy that some people are ready to take the burden on and kind of, you know, cut put their profits aside for a bit to reinvest. You know, we have some good business groups that are working with us as well. You know, the UCBA, there's a vape coalition, there's a vape coalition in the industry is kind of put together right now. And there's a lot of good things going around, um, including the, even the Global Cannabis Alliance. Yeah, there's a lot of good people organizing. You know, we hate that it took deaths for a lot of these people to wake up, and these organizations have been on this stuff. Uh, don't 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 get me wrong, but there's more participation in all this stuff now due to the fact that it is getting serious. <clears throat> And we do have to protect ourselves to protect our um, market because otherwise we're just going to be depreciated assets when pharmaceutical comes in because they're going to come in. Then, you know, like CVS may have took off, uh, it was a cure leaf. I'm sorry if I said that wrong, uh, the CBD brand off of their shelves, but they're going to have their own CBD brand come right behind it. It's already back on the shelves. You know, there's other stuff on the shelves already. So it's not like they think this stuff is bad. They're just waiting for the opportunity to actually own it. And the cannabis industry has a duty to itself to organize and figure out how to um, even have equity or, or even participate. Because if we don't do something, we're not going to win. I mean, pharmaceuticals spent more money lobbying on cannabis than cannabis companies did. Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. Welcome back, everybody, to week two with our friends at CannaSafe. Just a reminder, we're talking to Antonio in regards to cannabis testing, what actually goes down in a testing facility, how cannabis is tested, and what is tested for when cannabis gets tested. So let's jump back in to the interview here, part two of our podcast and interview with CannaSafe and Antonio about cannabis testing. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Savina Monet. Rock the style that's breaking stoner stigma. Savina Monet's ultra-soft unisex graphic tees are the perfect addition to your already rockin' wardrobe. Cannabists, gondrepreneurs, smart smokers, and old tokers alike can find something made just for them in Savina Monet's 2019 apparel collection. Mary Jane Experience listeners receive a very special 25% off code valid now through the end of the year. Use code MARYJANE on hellomonet.com. That's MARYJANE at hellomonet.com. Certain things can be diluted to bring the levels down to an acceptable level. So there's some remediation as possible. Uh, you know, there's some ways to, or there's some theories we have about, you know, getting rid of aspergillus and other um microbial issues, but certain things can't go away. You know, certain things cannot be removed or at levels that are too uh, high, but there's a process that you have to have a remediation plan approved by the CDPH, which is the California Department of Public Health, 
And once they approve of your plan, you can then try it and have the same battery tested to see if it will go. So sounds like in very unique cases, you can quote unquote fix it in post, but those, the ways that you would fix it would are, do have to be approved. Are still heavily regulated. It's yeah. like you have so to have it to the original standards. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, it's still, it's good enough. It's like, yeah. Well, it's not like, oh, I have mold. I can like spray it with vinegar. We're good. <laughs> it, that's not how it works <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Again, awesome because this eventually will be freebased, smoked, inhaled, and or diffused and infused and then ingested into the human body. So this is awesome and important. And he brings up an excellent point here that there are no testing standards for CBD and hemp, which are cannabis plants. We're going to say this again. Hemp is cannabis, cannabis is hemp. It's like tomatoes. There's a bunch of different varieties. If it says hemp or CBD, guess what? Came from cannabis. If you're ingesting that in any way, shape or form, guess what? You're a fucking pothead. Join the movement. Anyway. Same plant. I mean, just the way he said it is, it's just so obvious when you just say it that way, you know, as opposed to being like, it's all cannabis. It's same plant. Yeah, it's not hemp and cannabis and not hemp and marijuana. Hemp is cannabis, cannabis is hemp, marijuana is cannabis, what's cannabis. Weed? Anyway. Um, so he does bring up an excellent point though. Like you and we always talk about this, don't buy like gas station CBD and also don't trust that like CBD beverage in Whole Foods. This this speaks to everybody. Yeah. Like do not do not trust it. Don't trust it unless you have heard from an organization like Canasafe. Well, so many CBD and hemp brands are doing the right thing these days and getting testing. So you look at their websites, you'll immediately pretty much know if they have certificates of analysis, Mm -hmm. if they're organic, if they're clean, green. Actually, hemp and CBD are allowed to be organic. Actual like Like THC content is clean and green. But um, so, so it's pretty simple research and we can help you if you're confused. Let us know doing that research i mean we all have done it i've done a million times i'm like oh cbd sparkling water but like you would never take a medicine without a doctor's recommendation or doing just an iota of research on it so this just comes down to consumer driven voting we can all vote with our dollars we can support those companies that do have you know certificates of um, testing analysis i was about to say authenticity and i was like now i'm selling antiques Um, (laughs) so we can vote with our dollar and he brings up an excellent point about that and, and how these markets are unregulated, but we can self-regulate and it sounds like these guys are doing a great job with that. Right. So So sometimes bad things, unfortunately need to happen for people to be able to see the right path. And so the vaping issue in a way has just shed a lot of light onto, hey, be mindful, be a conscious Mm -hmm. consumer when it comes to anything, but especially when it comes to something that you're consuming, that you're ingesting. I mean, vaping, no matter what, you're causing inflammation to your lungs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just know what you're putting into your body. You're exactly right, you know, and that's what people always say, why some cannabis has been regulated. It's because cannabis itself isn't a public health threat. They haven't had to. It's all these byproducts that people are making from cannabis because people 
think the flower is evil, but oh, I have this vape here. It's sexy. It tastes like fruity pebbles, and it doesn't and it doesn't stink. You know, I can hit it in my car, and my kids can't smell it. But at the same time, it's covered with vitamin E, and it's coating your lungs. So yeah. it's kind of like, hey, like you know, like there's a reason why the cart is sixty dollars in the store, and only twenty on twenty online or on WeMap. So that's kind of some of the things that we're trying to bring people's attention to, so that they understand that you're putting yourself at risk by not making sure you're buying from a licensed dispensary. And even WeMap themselves have, they're moving to um, remove all unlicensed advertising from their platform. And they've also, uh, I believe they've stopped accepting any new advertisement must be licensed. So I think they have made some changes even in their organization themselves to help clean this up. So everyone's moving, you know, there's different paces to everything, but um, we're hoping that we can move far enough in time to prove to all the regulators and the government that we're a responsible industry and that we don't have to be babysat or that, you know, we don't have to be shut down. Obviously, buying from a legal dispensary and not the illicit market, as we've been saying, and giving this industry the chance to show that we are responsible, that we're probably more responsible than the alcohol industry, as far as poisoning people goes, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) And that it doesn't need to be babysat or shut down or worried about every iota of detail. But anyhow... Illicit market, legal market. What is the comparison there? What is the difference between a bud on the illicit market and a bud that comes to CannaSafe? And how do they, if they see that at all? I, I was curious. Before we go on to that, though, I would like to bring up a good point that he mentions in in the fact that a lot of the we'll call it like stigmatization of cannabis isn't necessarily like flour itself, but it's these byproducts and untested products that make it to the illicit market that are causing a lot of these issues that we're seeing today. Um, it's a good point. You know, what do you like? Why vilify this, this plant and flour if done correctly, let's vilify people abusing it, which I think is a good comment. And then leads us to what is CannaSafe? see as the difference between you know illicit and legal market cannabis oh i mean uh the test results i mean i can see it in the test results you know between terpene profiles and consistencies and just and this quality of products but also in your experience you are you're gonna really see it as well um you know like a lot of people think oh i got a headache because i got bad weed no you probably have most likely it was something with like with a high levels of pesticides or some kind of um potential mold or fungus that made you feel bad. You know, cannabis itself, THC itself, yeah, you become intoxicated, you become inebriated off of uh, THC. You know, even CBD is technically um, psychoactive because it affects your nervous system. It's just not intoxicating. So there's all these different vernacular and uh, things that we need to clean up to really have a real, you know, medical grade conversation. But that's what we're slowly but surely trying to attack and address for people to help them get on that page and have high level conversations about um, all these things, you know, how to spot counterfeit vape carts, you know, how to how to deal with these things, you know, because it is dangerous. And like you said, people are dying. So we're just trying our best to, uh, you know, to do our part to get people to understand that. Maybe well, there's a reason for that. Maybe it's not the bad weed. Maybe it's what's in your bad weed. It's the bad weed. It's bad. I mean, it's I, the illicit market wheat. Yeah, it's the illicit it's market bad. weed that is being grown in a 
place that why people who don't it's cleaning up Chernobyl and then you're smoking it. <laughs> well, that's what it comes down to is like people don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like when you're smoking cartridges that give you headaches and even we've had legal um cartridges that we've smoked and we're like, man, this gives me a fucking headache and this is a problem. Da, 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 da. It just comes down to the fact that these people don't give a shit about you. They're just trying to make a dollar off of you. So yeah. profit you know, over patience. Exactly. Not cool. And and it's pretty obvious and we all realize this. Like a counterfeit is obviously a counterfeit from a mile away. Or like our van we were joking about we had why we repainted it. It's a ten foot paint job. If it's ten foot weed where you it only looks good from 10 feet away don't smoke it just don't smoke it like it's not just don't smoke it yeah well no. i mean and, and i i think that a lot of us saying that is speaking from a very big place of privilege where true we a can afford good weed and b live in a state where it's legal and so we have to really understand and look at the world from a perspective of somebody that's living in a non-legal state that maybe can't afford to have everything so you know that there's a lot of different things out there but i think that the most important thing is just education Mm -hmm. and that's what we're here to do and we're we're here to help people in any way that we can and that's something that we actually talked about next is how that is the single most important thing in the industry right now as it changes and grows every day is educating the people wow we're so excited when you know when you, when you when your team reached out because I had done background and I saw that you are bringing up these subjects. I'm sorry for not giving you for 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 acknowledging that when I said it, but no, absolutely, this is what it's about, and that's why we're very honored to be here. And we and please ask more questions. Pick. I mean, I'm not saying I have the best brain in the world, but just pick it because I love to get this out there in a way that people can digest and understand. And I love you know for your service to help us build on that. So yeah, no, this is this is how it has to happen. It has to happen through grassroots through us literally just spreading the gospel like other things we've seen you know it has to be through word of mouth it has to be through testimonies i mean i've seen these kids you know go from 20 seizures a day to one or you know one every few months you know there's there's not much more powerful you know testimonies than the people and the patients that you see out here so don't let anyone ever tell you that this stuff isn't a medicine because you know not only has it killed people or make giving people better quality of life or or sorry um slow down diseases and progressions and um and, and deficiencies but it also gives people better quality of life just better pain management you know all these opiates you had a pill for a pill for a pill for a pill you know what's wrong with cannabis you know we've seen all these elderly people and sick people go from these opiate regimens to simply tinctures or vaporizers and it's, and it's so much cheaper and they feel at such a higher quality of life you know they're up doing stuff again they're active you know there's all these parents that just break down crying saying cannabis gave me my kid like, like i met my kid again you know he wasn't just numb or she wasn't just this 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 i mean you know this lesser version of themselves you know there's so many great stories i can and people i can c- connect you with who are just truly uh helping bring light to this but now we need data we, but we do need research to kind of vet this stuff and figure out how it was done and how to do it again, but there certainly are success stories out there. Say that again. Grassroots organizations and small businesses, media like ours, you know, we don't have some kind of agenda per se. We're just purely trying to dig and get stories and information that help people which I think is what's so important. You know, you see a lot of these media companies these days, like 
I mean, I hate to say it, we interviewed them, Cannabis Now. It was like, 10 ways to carve your turkey so you can smoke out of its butthole. I'm like, this is not a story that the world needs. Like, <laughs> can we get some... Clickbait, motherfucker! Yeah. And like, I know we need to do clickbait to get people to your site sometimes. We have short yeah. attention spans. We're stoners, it's fine. No, no so I'm grassroots and, and sharing stories and not just you know doing it for money i mean obviously we all have to pay the bills we started putting ads on our podcasts and nobody's complained about that yet thank you but yep. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> someone's gonna complain at some point we're yeah. gonna be like you know what can't please everybody all the time just because we live in a van doesn't mean we don't want to eat <laughs> you have to pay for diesel Oh, man. But anyways, so yes, education is key. Getting these stories, even if it's anecdotal. I mean, I know that like that's not evidence, but it is the way we get evidence. Anecdote is a good start to evidence. It, it begins a conversation because if there's enough people who are anecdotally saying, hey, I've had this experience that can in effect create a conversation. Somebody yeah. can say, wait hold on, a lot of people anecdotally are having this experience. Maybe we should look into this. Yeah, and also I would say that anecdotal evidence and testimonials are a really great way to, obviously one of our goals is to educate, but one of our other goals is to destigmatize. And if cannabis has helped you in any way, sharing that story can help somebody else feel like they can share their story. Um, just like anything else that's stigmatized, if one person does it, you know, it's like dominoes, right? You just start to fall. So anyhow. <laughs> I'm now just imagining like people shaped dominoes and they're all falling and the last one to fall is like your great grandma who's like, cannabis is the devil's lattice. And then everybody's like, grandma. And somebody passes her blunt. She falls. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> stop smoking weed before we do Beautiful this. Beautiful imagination anyway. you got there. So let's talk about being a conscious consumer. So we know this testing's going on, and it's not just in California where CannaSafe is, but it's going on in other legal states as well. So if you want to be the most con- conscious consumer of cannabis possible, what should you look for? First things first is biolegal. Everything the licensed dispensary should have been tested. Um, and you can always ask for the COA or ask for the test results. Um, if it's ever tested by CannaSafe, we can always do batch verification here for you. We also have some customers who include a QR code on their packaging, and we provide that to them. So you can just uh, put it up to your smartphone and scan it, and the COA will come up there. Um, and we're also trying to educate more uh, butt tenders and, and, and patient advocates about this stuff so that when people do ask these questions, um, they are there. We're actually getting ready to start here in LA with uh, the Higher Path Dispensary in Sherman Oaks and then up in uh, NorCal with uh, the Harvest Shop and there's two locations and we're looking for more people and more partners to get this education out there and to allow us to educate their employees because this is what people want to know and people are starting to ask these questions and the good stores and brands are looking for people to help uh, equip their teams and we're very happy that this conversation is happening now and that's kind of the approach. So right now you can always ask for a COA, but we're hoping, you know, through some of these, um, through customer demand, quite frankly, when people start asking more, this stuff will become more available. Everyone may, you know, require to have a QR code on their labeling. That's kind of what we want. You know, we certainly want it to be kind of safe, but, you know, we at least want people demanded because once the consumer starts asking for this stuff, 
the store will then, the retail will then request a distributor who does the testing. So we're really strict about doing it right. So it's just a nice kind of comfort that everyone allows to deal with um, or that, that everyone gathers once they operate with us as the closest thing to a regulator besides the BCC when they actually do show up. So, you know, we're kind of like the friend, like, you know, if you got your testing in order, that's going to be the very first thing that someone verifies is, okay, what's happening to the consumer? I mean, that's why California has end product testing because they want to know exactly what the consumer is engaging, not what the raw oil is. They want to know after you've infused it, what is the customer being exposed to or the patient. And that's why California has these strictest rules. And hopefully if everyone's playing properly, everything in the licensed store um, will have abided by, by those rules. Not that I'm asking you to go out there and be a Karen and demand to talk to the dispensary's <laughs> manager. I want to talk to your manager. Where's my weed fan? Don't, I mean, don't be that guy. But do. But do a little bit. Like, do do, do just very much ask. And, and bud tenders are getting better. And we've actually seen this just in the two years that we've lived in uh, downtown Boulder. You know, the, the bud tenders have gone from, oh, this is the shit for this, and this is the shit to that, to, well, this will be great for this because of this reason, and this reason, and this reason, and it's verified because of this, this, and this. So bud tender education, I think, is penultimate because they are the conduit by which consumers purchase product. And it sounds like they have an effort to do that, which is amazing. But then also you as a consumer have the opportunity to always ask questions. Is this um, certified clean green? Is this tested? Can And, and if it's something you've never tried before and, you, and you're very curious about it, and I think the QR code is a great thing. Maybe hopefully we can get that I as like, like a standard I have never scanned demand. a QR code in my life, but really, oh, sure. I do it all the time. <laughs> Nerds. Oh. Yep. I'm I nerd. would. I would look at it. I mean, for me, from my perspective, I want to look at it how I look at my my food. So I want to. Obviously, you can't like go to a dispensary like you do a grocery store and pick up the label and read the nutrition facts and all the ingredients and then like Google the company. Maybe one day. But you ask the bud tender. Yeah. So. You know, I think that the bud tender should be able to give you the nutrition facts of your weed and give you, has it been tested for this, this, and this? Like, I want, I do want to know that. I want to know all of these things because I am trying to be a healthy adult. Not trying hard enough. No. <laughs> Suck it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sip my wine now. <laughs> no, I'm just joking with you. But anyway, yeah, it is supply and demand. Yeah, supply and demand. Like we this is because it's such a new industry. We have a chance here to vote without voting. We have a chance to vote every time we go to a dispensary to add, to to see these things. Because bud tenders will relay this information back to companies. Companies will ask bud tenders and dispensaries, oh, what's selling, what's good, what's bad. And those companies that are forthright and transparent about their processes and they don't put um, thickening agents in their vape carts and things of the like, the people will buy those things more if it's just simply asked for. So we task you, the listeners of the Mary Jane Experience and consumers of cannabis everywhere, to just be slightly more conscious about your cannabis because that will be a good effect on the market. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty curious. I've asked before on our social media networks, do you care? Do you care about organic food? Do you care about organic weed? And nine times out of 10, people have said 
yes, that matters to me. Like I, yeah. I want organic weed. I don't want to put bad things in my body. Well, it comes back to something you're smoking. And I know it's crazy because people still smoke cigarettes and we know there's like arsenic and poison in there and people still smoke them no matter what. I do even on a rare occasion. But if it's something that you're doing regularly, just make sure it's good. If it's good and it's done right, it'll be good for you. I I wholly believe that there's some science behind it. But anyway, moving on. We did, speaking of the future. Dun, dun, dun. The one five and ten year predictions with our good friend Antonio from the CanaSafe testing laboratory out in California. Looking at the future. Polish off your crystal balls, kids. Let's do this. Uh, one year um, is that you'll start seeing people asking more questions and demanding certain types of products. You know, people will start understanding dosing better or testing better, and they'll start trying to trying to you know curate their own experience. Um, so we're excited about that. Five-year plan. I think by that time we're uh, there's some kind of federal action. I think, uh, you know, I think by five years, um, hopefully, um, we've done it intelligently and California and the rest of the West Coast is supplying the rest of the state because there's no need for some of these humid southern states to be growing cannabis, you know, hemp, sure, but the amount of resources it would take for energy and air and all these things and light for them to grow their own state by state would be kind of, I don't know, it would be a waste, I think. Um, and like e- even now, it's like as these states come online, it's like why are you going to make people in Georgia figure out how to grow high-grade medical cannabis? You know, we've already seen the Mississippi federal lab struggle with the quality of products. Why are we going to put that burden um, on on that part of this our country when we could supply it from um, California if there's enough licensing and enough action to get everyone involved with the license market? So five years, that's ideal. Um, 10 years, I think we're, I, I think it's in hospitals for sure. I mean, like, I think it's, I, I think it's a real, you know, dosed in, dialed in medical treatment. I think we have the clinical trials are done. You know, I think we're giving it to children instead of ADD medicine. You know, like, I think we're really using it to, uh, I think we're really using it to change our society and to change, change pain, pain management. But I do think it's going to be greater than five and hopefully less than 10 before it is something that is just acceptable and, you know, and just, you know, in schools even, you know, like, oh, this kid's having a bad anxiety day, potentially some CBD oil to get them back focused and they're not inebriated. You know, there's different things I think that'll be available and it'll be much more widely accepted around that time. These are great one, five, and tens. Be, I and, know. and I think it's interesting because when we ask, when we ask CEOs and CMOs and, and people that are effectively salesmen, we we get like the common like cannabis company line if cannabis was a company be like yep in one year it'll be destigmatized in five year we think there'll be some federal action to legalization and in 10 it's going to be widely available and stores everywhere and everyone's going to be buying our product because it's (laughs) best (laughs) and you can get it here um but it's funny when we talk to scientists or people in the scientific community because their one five and tens are are highly specific and generalized not so broadly like like these one five and tens are excellent like examples of you know use in hospitals or use in medicine in specific cases and children i mean it's sort of bold right now to even 
broach the subject, but, but like it is being used very on real. Yeah. Like, children also need not the intoxicating form of mm. cannabis, but people need plant medicine. Yeah. People includes kids. And I love that about when we talk to scientists because there's their one, five and tens are always just so outside of our realm of perception because we're not scientists. Yeah. I mean, They're I wouldn't, great I, to hear. he would probably be like, Hey, whoa, don't call me a scientist. But in the okay. scientific sort of realm, maybe, or, or mm -hmm. in that um, industry more so. Antonio, I'm calling you a scientist because you test it like medicine, my man. <laughs> I appreciate the scientific method. You're doing good work. Oh, so, yeah, those, and, and, those are good. And the best part, too, about talking to scientists is we always get to ask the question, what are we not talking about? Yeah, like what do we not know to ask? What's that question that we should be asking, but we just don't even know how to? Oh, man, great question. Um, you didn't ask, I mean, you touched on the importance of COAs. We talked about that. Um, we talked about what testing is, so thank you for asking that, because a lot of people don't understand all the things that we do do here. Um, I would just say uh, maybe some of the organizations, like some of the some of the, um, you know, attacking legislation and getting good rules and getting the governor to sign bills into place and just understanding how to affect, you know, legislation. I think that's important between Americans for Safe Access and organizations like Normal. They've done a good job historically. You know, the Compassion Act, you know, the AIDS epidemic is the only reason why this industry is even where it is, is due to, you know, that that community rising up and demanding access and, you know, and Brownie Mary and all these different things. Um, that, that 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 allowed for San Francisco to decriminalize and brought us 215 and and, and things as such. So all of that is um, uh, so all of that is very crucial to why we're here. And we need to be involved with the rules because the rules are coming now. They're making the rules now. So we need to continue to make sure that you know um, the rules are smart. Because right now, if you're a patient, you can't consume in public housing. So you can lose your housing if you potentially. Uh, find cannabis to be a good treatment for yourself. Like if you give all people's access, where can they actually use it? Where are these centers where people can actually smoke cannabis and not get arrested or not, you know, lose their house or lose their job, you know, like can, is there some way to test for real time inebriation? And that's probably going to be something that law enforcement has to help us figure out or more of these, you know, how much THC in your blood is acceptable. We got to figure out data to make that determination because until law enforcement has more confidence about profiling, uh, jobs won't either. They're not going to have the confidence to fire you from a job if they can't back it up criminally or if they can't, you know, win that discrimination case in court. They don't want to uh, criminalize patients either, so they just kind of rely on the federal ban to protect themselves as a business. So it's just a lot of different things that we could do as a population to organize and, you know, participate in these organizations as, as we do. I mean, we're members and we uh, give feedback and we talk to uh, the governors, and we go sit in assembly members' offices, and everyone should do the same because when it comes from their, it comes from their constituents, it means a whole lot more than when it comes from a business. So yeah. that's what we, yeah. So that's what we're trying to let people know is that hey, if you're active in the community, come talk to us. We will supply you with the tools. We will supply you with the information, and we would love for you to speak on our behalf and to activate on our behalf. Another great episode that we went into, again, because we were like, let's just talk to somebody about 
testing cannabis? How does that happen? What does it look like scientifically? And a lot of the same commonalities and themes come up. There are regulatory issues that are blocking the ability for the, like the, this vape epidemic epidemic was self-created by the illegal market. And yes. because it's an illicit substance, and here's the thing, people are going to find this stuff wherever the hell they can. There's meth, there's Coke, there's heroin, there's like, just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's not out there. It's we out all there. found it before it got legal. Yeah. Like we've all been smoking, like I'll, again, incriminating myself, I dealt drugs in high school or whatever, like, and drugs being just cannabis, nothing else besides that. Like it's out there to criminalize a plant is a problem and it's self-created. It's self-created by these regulatory bodies that are not willing to acknowledge it as a potential medicine. And unfortunately, bureaucracy just does move slowly. So it, it is interesting. We went in this, we were just trying to look at the science of cannabis testing and it became a discussion again about decriminalization, regulation, the potential we side effects, etc. come back to some kind of politics. Yeah. Because it's a sensitive subject and, and we're all passionate about it and everybody's got a really personal connection. I think it really stems from the fact that we all do have a personal connection with the plant, whether it's our own or whether it's helped somebody that we know. We're passionate about it because we're like, hey, government, don't fuck this up again. Yeah. Don't like, do what you did with pharmaceuticals and alcohol where you like created a problem by by regulating it improperly. Yeah. Like organized crime was a, a direct correlation to the e illegalization and prohibition of, of alcohol. Which made for some really awesome movies. Which... <laughs> <laughs> and we will always cherish those. <laughs> also, the, the prohibition and illegalization and criminalization of cannabis made for some great movies. Shout out Cheech and Chung. Um... <laughs> Red Man and Method Man, great work. We love it. But it is time to grow up, America. We can move on. That's right. what so, I'm, we're not. I mean, I, we are preaching that. But takeaways. Takeaways. What do we got? So as consumers of cannabis and as maybe if you've never consumed cannabis, if you're interested in consuming, ask for testing, ask for organic, ask for pesticide free if you don't start asking now, it won't ever happen. Yeah. So CannaSafe may be one lab you know about, and they are a pretty big lab, but there are others. So, you know, just make sure you're asking that it's tested. Yep. Show your bud tender and your dispensary and your cannabis business that that's important to you. Just just show that you care. Yeah. Show and, a little care. And legal states. That's I, how we got them. organic labeled on packaging. Yeah. And, and I'm just calling on all legal states. You, it, we we are not the majority of states, but we have an opportunity to help those that will follow behind us start asking these questions. They are important, and people are happy to check on these facts for you. It's it's not you don't have <laughs> you're not a Karen. You're not asking for people's managers and things of the like. You're just asking for a safe, consumable product, and to help the people that will follow you. Yeah, I so mean, you say this Karen thing, but like, just don't be a dick about it. Just no. ask. Don't be like, don't oh my God, is that like fucking organic? Because if it's not, I'm going to burn this mother down. <laughs> don't ask like that. Don't do not do that. And if you do that, then just don't even listen to this podcast. Like, we don't even need you. 
<laughs> All right, on that very combative yes. and controversial note. I know, note. sorry, everybody. I just, I say things sometimes. I just but get all riled up. I think up. this was a really fun episode. I think that it was, you know, maybe it's not like the most fascinating topic to everybody. I think it's cool, but I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to know. It is good to know. And on that note, um, we're about to go out to MJ BizCon and the Women of Cannabis Conference. We're debuting the Mary Jane Experience Canavan. <gasps> the debut! So definitely do go to YouTube. Subscribe and like our videos. Follow the Canavan Adventures. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing vlogs as long we as the Mary Jane cool Experience interviews. is going. And we do have some cool interviews lined up, which is going to yeah. be fun because we're actually going to do them in the Canavan. MJ Cannabis, Women of Cannabis Conference, where we'll be debuting the Canavan. And then the next three days is MJ BizCon, where we're interviewing... A bunch of people. A bunch of people, yeah. I'm not even going to ruin it for you. Just, you can wait with bated breath because yes. there are some big names. Willie Nelson. Hey, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking to So keep an eye out for that. We love you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast and supporting the education and truth in cannabis and for not visiting the clickbaity websites. This is the cannabis. I, I wanted to call it the cannabis experience. <laughs> this is the Mary this Jane is. experience. I forgot the name of my own podcast. This Marijuana is, affects the memory. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> This is the Mar in a best way. Short term. Just mm -hmm. a short term. Just for a little bit. Yeah. This is the Mary Jane Experience podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love you, potheads. So much. Good night, stoners. Thanks for hanging out with us. Carry on, sweet, sweet pot lovers. <laughs> no. I <laughs> I'm never good at sign offs. I'm like, let me do carry on my way with some. But then I was trying to mix in pothead and it just did not.